You're listening to an interview I recorded for Behind the Vinyl, a different podcast I co-host from time to time. You can find them on Instagram at Behind the Vinyl Pod and anywhere podcasts are available. And now let's get on with the interview. Back in March, I had the privilege of sitting down with Joel Kirschenbaum, the brains behind the band King of Heck, to discuss their then-upcoming single and new album. That album, King-O, just came out on June 3rd. Check it out and enjoy the interview. Vegas post-hardcore project King of Heck is launching back onto the scene with some exciting announcements to make. They have a new single out April 8th and a brand new album coming in June. And today I'm here with Joel Kirschenbaum to talk about it. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm stoked. Awesome. Okay, so really quick, I just wanted to bring it back to your roots a little bit. So for people who don't know, uh, King of Heck used to be Alaska until the start of a hiatus in about 2017, I think. Is that right? Um, Yeah, that's, that's probably right. Okay. Something like that. Okay. So from what I understand, King of Heck began just a few years later in about 2019. So the two projects are sonically different enough, but what made you want to make it something completely new and not just start back up under the same name? Yeah, <clears throat> that's a good question. Um, I think with Alaska, we were very young. It was like the first band that we all did that mm. like toured and... I remember there's like the last tour we really did where we decided we weren't going to play under Alaska anymore. We were in Europe uh, with a band called Golfer. Mm. And yeah, I think it was just like financially and like the time of our lives was kind of coming, like the era was kind of changing. So we just wanted to maybe not be tied up with the band at that time. Um, But then I think naturally, like we had a bunch of songs uh and we were all still friends so it felt natural and cool to just like grow up a little bit and like the name is a reference to a song we had too so it felt like it all kind of goes together nicely um for people who know yeah funny i was actually going to ask about that so um that song it's the i believe it's the second to last track on alaska's last album shrine um, bong rips with the King of Heck. So the King of Heck motif long precedes the band name. Does it have any deeper significance at all, or is there nothing more to it than that? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think the lyrics and song names are they go as deep as you as you want them. You know, mm-hmm. I I, uh, I think that it's all just leaving like little ideas and and things for people to think about. I know that I feel like everyone in the band has a different idea of who like the king of heck is in their mind or something but yeah meaningless and and super meaningful <laughs> okay that's fair i like that you know i like uh, music that can be perceived in different ways like that i think that's the best way to receive it yeah the yeah. important thing for us i think all because we had always wanted to change the name like alaska's was a fun project and i don't like regret the name at all but it's like logistically just like the worst <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you try you you know you google alaska obviously tons of stuff is going to come up but you google king of heck and it's like just you guys yeah so yeah and so i think it meant a lot to us like one day i think i just said it, i was like why don't we why don't we not call this <laughs> yeah and i was like yeah that actually is like a badass name like we came up with it years ago um but it yeah some things take time to think about and realize 
yeah are good ideas yeah definitely uh yeah so let's talk about the album i think like i said earlier king of heck is sonically different from alaska but i would also make that distinction between this new album and your last one so were you intentional about making this one sound different or do you think that's just the natural trajectory of the band's overall sound um I think with the new songs, because uh, there's a bit of space in between the first release, which yeah. is called Shine in My Chest, and this one that we're about to release, I think that we hadn't fully changed from Alaska with the first King of Heck release. Like Those songs were still floating around from when we were playing at Alaska, and like some of the same ideas of like this progressive post-punk like rock thing but then with this new record i was really just thinking about music that i like and maybe more focus on like songwriting uh, a lot of my friends over the course of like the last couple of years have really gone deep into good songwriting and you know more traditionally structured things so i feel like it's natural to me the progression but Maybe for some people, it seems like almost going b- like backwards a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah. I think I think that's cool. Making things more simple. Oh, of course. Yeah. And you also mentioned you made it sound kind of like what you're listening to right now. So, what kind of stuff you listen to right now? Yeah, uh, it's kind of it's tough because I hate to be the person that goes and says like, oh, like I'm just listening <laughs> to like Tom Petty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's just so much. Neil yeah. Young. And, yeah. So it's like I feel like I'm listening to just a lot of like older folky rock music yeah and yeah the other guitarist in king of heck is really uh, cody he really likes the clash right now so it's just straight up punk music and then the drummer likes jazz a lot so when we get together it's still like a lot of these different influences um but maybe all with the same goal in mind of like let's write a good like rock song yeah that's awesome. I feel yeah, like that's been the goal, like the ambition lately. Is like let's just write a good song, and then whatever it kind of sounds like is whatever. Yeah, and all those different influences they absolutely carry through. I think especially in this album too. Uh, just as a listener, I think that's really great to hear. And just to go back real quick to the last album you mentioned, Shine in My Chest. This uh, was something that I was curious about. It was a cassette only release, um, and as as far as physical format goes, of course it was on digital too. So. With Kingo set to be released via Counterintuitive Records, I'm assuming it'll be on vinyl and CD as well? Yeah, so there's the record. Right. Um, that is 10 songs. Um, and then we have a tape that comes out ahead of it that is like the promo tape for it. So oh, very cool. I, yeah, I like I like cassette tapes. It references what we've been doing for years. It's just this DIY punk thing. So I like, I like the element of that and just like a physical thing like we want to release singles and stuff but how do we have like an object that you can remember it by yeah you know? so yeah and there'll be vinyl for the record which is really cool um yeah counterintuitive has some really cool colors they press in yeah yeah jake is really good at like get, making the vinyl look fucking awesome yeah and and i do like a lot of graphic design and art and stuff but I don't ever pick any of the vinyl colors. I kind of leave that to to whoever is the label people because I figure they probably know best if they're releasing so many records. Yeah. 
And, and that's cool. You um, Just to go back earlier to what you were saying about your individual influences, and you said how when you all get together, they all kind of sort of bleed together when you're making music. And so for songwriting, and especially for this album, did you find it was most helpful to have it be kind of a communal event, or was it mostly one person doing most of the writing? Yeah, I feel like this new record is the first time where most of the songwriting just came from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, meanwhile, Alaska is just full on jam. Like we would just get in a room and jam. And that's why the song sounds so crazy. It's Cause it's just us doing our thing. Um, and then the first King of Heck record is like a mix. There's a couple songs that I just wrote and then, but most of that is us just jamming together. Um, and then this new one, it's been cool because I feel like this is the first time where I was just writing a lot of the stuff on my own. There's a couple songs that we worked together like all the way through, like everybody jammed. But what's good about it is uh, even if I'm writing the song, quote unquote, everyone else writes their parts and writes the things they do and they're really fucking talented people so it's like i bring a song that's like okay yeah (laughs) and then we make it all together into something that we're all really proud of awesome yeah and and just to continue to talk about songs here i mentioned earlier spring of my life is the first single off the album so what made you decide to put that one out first yeah um i feel like that song has been resonating with a lot of people uh we passed this like soundcloud link around a lot Mm. uh just to friends but yeah it's cool it encompasses uh soft folky rock stuff and then it goes into the punk like more experimental side of things and like i think we were listening to the i was listening to sonic youth a lot Mm. uh when we were coming up it's like sonic youth and then like uh tom petty Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like i felt like it was a cool little experiment and all these songs too they're about these like moments in life from years ago like the record been in the works for so long that i feel like that just sets the tone for the whole record and it's the first song on the record so yeah it does that in, in the single version of itself and in the on the album and I feel like it bridges the gap of, of what we're talking about. We're like, maybe Alaska King of Heck was a thing. And then now it's like, what am I strapping in here for? So I feel like it has just like been a good song for people to hear first on a record. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. This is what Joel and them are doing. <laughs> <laughs> and is it just a coincidence that it's coming out near the start of spring? I wanted it to come out on the spring day whatever that uh-huh. that's the only thing i decided <laughs> i was like as long as that song comes out around then <laughs> everything else can happen whenever yeah that's cool and and so just to get more into this um i know you touched on it a little bit what exactly does the songwriting and recording i guess we talked about songwriting but what does the recording process look like for you guys yeah this record was awesome to work on actually because we had been rushing to put together like an album just of like songs that we felt i don't know were like mature rock songs yeah good songwriting etc and then covid kind of happened and so that's kind of like the landscape we're working in but the recording process was dope because the drummer nick he has like a big old tape machine um, in his living room and like a mixing board and everything. And so he engineered awesome. and recorded everything just in his living room uh, in Henderson, Nevada. And yeah, we just spent, I don't know, months 
writing and recording and working on new recordings and just going through the process of tracking this stuff together. Uh, and it felt good because there was no real like, while we were like maybe rushing or like wanting to work hard on this, there's no real hard line time constraints. Cause I think honestly, like we missed what would be like a deadline <laughs> <laughs> and then we were going on tour and then that's when COVID happened. Got it. Uh, so then we were able to kind of like take a breather and regroup and yeah, we scrapped some songs and changed some things around and just went back and, and recorded some more stuff in his living room. And yeah, I feel like it's, it, it was really nice and the, he no longer lives at that house anymore. So it is like a good memory of that's where we practiced for years oh, and wow. years with Alaska. So since I've been, oh my God, like... <laughs> 16 15 years old wow. <laughs> so i feel like it's like all imbued with like a lot of energy so i'm really glad that that record is it's going to be special in a way that i don't know if we'll be able to do that again yeah uh, it'll be some hopefully something similar with different significance but yeah that was really cool mm. yeah <laughs> so and that's crazy. I did not realize that you guys had... Did you start working on it just before the pandemic or were you already kind of into it? Um, I think we probably had like five or six of the songs that okay. are on it now, uh, pre, like in March <clears throat> of 2020. Uh, we were playing some of them on the road, but almost as like a tester. So mm. I want to say like some of these are the final versions of the songs at this point, but we didn't maybe know it. We were just kind of like, maybe this is just a tape recorded demo of yeah. these songs. But yeah, Nick worked really hard to mix them. And on that machine, none of these songs touched a computer until they were exported. So like, oh, that's great. Kind of. So I could get into that too. So like, <laughs> He would he would mix these in like one shot, and so it was it was a lot of work for him. And I think it, record is like kind of amazing because of that. But yeah, there's like some parts where I'm recording vocals through like an iPad, <laughs> <laughs> like into a mic into the tape machine, <laughs> and then like we're sampling like auto tune guitar from an iPad into a looper into like a 303 like sampler. And then when in COVID, it's like we had all the time in the world to just like right. fuck around and, and try to make something interesting. So, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And I was actually going to ask if it was all analog, at least where it could have been. And that's yeah. so cool. It's like a combination of, of the two. That's really cool. All the recording. That's what's crazy. All the recording is probably analog. Like mm. the only thing ripped from this iPad is like I had like an auto-tune software mm. that, and like a chipmunk like I think and it's crazy because like I do I did a lot of this shit for this record on GarageBand on my iPad like in the van mm. so I wrote like a bunch of songs on my iPad and then some of this stuff ended up being the final like flown over from this iPad recording <laughs> in a van in like fucking Oklahoma <laughs> and then it ends up on it on the tape machine <laughs> yeah that's incredible I, I love hearing stories like that I just think that's so cool how I, it all comes together I've barely even thought about <laughs> like I remember when we were doing it, I was like this is like the most batshit <laughs> type of thing but uh yeah it, it was fun. It was like a record unlike any other times we go, we sit in a room and we record right. a record. But this felt like we were like sitting and making a record and kind of not even, maybe everyone else realized it. <laughs> but I was kind of like happily surprised when it sound sounds great and is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and how else are you going to get that just purely authentic sound? Yeah. You know, that's great. 
Um, you talked about autotune just a little bit. I was noticing some creativity with autotune on Big Spin, especially at yeah. the beginning and the end of the song. So yeah. you already kind of went over this, but would you say there was a fair amount of just general experimentation with different sounds happening throughout the recording process for the album? Yeah, I feel like so maybe where we reeled back the songwriting to like super simple or like more structured, like I still think there's weird things structurally that happen. Where we reeled back there, I think like maybe this progressive experimental bent shows itself more in, in how we kind of did things in, in the sound. So like we're limited to on the tape machine. So there's only so mm. many tracks to record to. So I think every song only has two vocal layers. And so like on Big Spin, one is dry and loud. Mm -hmm. And then the other is like a auto-tune, like kind of hush voice. ended up being pretty cool it's kind of like this pixie song that we really like called dead oh i love and, that song i love pixies yeah. yeah and on that record they do they do these like he's like kind of yelling and then there's like a hush voice so yeah kind of taking things like that and like putting it into our modern uh flair on it or something but yeah i like i like autotune i like rap and hip-hop and uh hyper pop and i feel like it's really cool and i was having a lot of fun on garage band and i feel like a lot of it's a vocal effects there's like some chipmunk vocals and <laughs> in, in human shaka and and that uh, yeah. host is like sampled mm. chipmunk vocals <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like the way that people who who've heard the record are reacting, I think there's just like a a funness and like a charm that comes from us just doing whatever. Yeah, uh, I think that's what people are responding to. I think so. <laughs> because it's kind of nice. This is also the first record where I feel like overwhelmingly my friends are like, "Oh, this is cool." <laughs> that's great. And other times they're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's always a little unnerving, you know, showing people your your music for the first time. Uh, and I was going to add too, especially on the topic of like experimentation here, I think it's just so cool how, let's take Autotune, for example, has become like, you know, it goes from something that you're maybe in like the early 2000s, like using it to help, but now it's like an instrument in itself. And I just think that's that opens up a lot of different opportunities. It gets a bad rap for sure. Yeah. I mean, so... There, there's like an interesting distinction for me too like there's pitch correction which is like uh someone who's who's going to try to hide their vocal imperfections or something right uh, but then autotune i feel like you can wield it like an instrument because it's so interesting and, and i mean what's crazy with the autotune now that i'm really i have I, it's funny for this interview i should have listened to the record <laughs> out of it or something but now i'm like just remembering everything yeah uh, for the first song for Spring of My Life, I th I'm pretty sure that's guitar through auto tune. It's oh. like, uh, let's just say I'm playing guitar in like D minor or something, some weird chord. And it's mm -hmm. mostly just noises and stuff. But then I have the auto tune set to G major pentatonic. So it's like shifting everything, like, yeah, yeah. 
ding, ding, ding. And it's like all these like crazy sounds. And like then the whole song is just born around like this. And we then we sampled it and we put it back and forth. And it's kind of a. tune is kind of awesome yeah because i you know it's like you're playing like the computer or something yeah it's really cool it's so cool that's awesome i, I just i thought that you know guitar in the beginning just sounded so i, I guess unique you know it's just yeah i, I love i love that's like, how you got the like sound shimmery and crazy yeah yeah a lot of things not there's a, a few other songs like that where we we're just trying to capture like well i guess that one in coast where it feels mm. like these are almost like hip-hop be or they're almost like they're not like a punk song or something so. yeah and then you mentioned your friends you have a lot of good connections with a lot of other bands that kind of have you know play around with similar sounds and influences so do you ever discuss like collaborating or have you in the past um i feel like i've uh, been doing this music diy i feel like i'm a little out of aged out of that a little bit mm. uh, and covid i feel like shook up what diy is yeah but yeah for a long time i was like the guy in vegas that booked a lot of this screamo punk rock in emo stuff um and so everyone i know it feels like pretty much all my friends are just from that world from years ago and yeah i work with uh, a few bands uh, mom jeans and just mm -hmm. friends uh graduating life those connections are just from I had booked these people and then I did their art and then now I manage them and do the creative stuff. And yeah, I mean, I hang out around those guys a lot every day. The building I'm in is this Honey TV, which I run with uh, Sam from Mom Jeans and Just Friends. Awesome. Um, and Cody, who's in King of Heck too. Cool. Uh, so blah, 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 blah. Um, and so, <laughs> no, no, I love I hearing know. about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a big web. I feel like yeah. it's a little bit unwieldy. But then outside of that, like there's a lot of people I really respect their music and I'm able to share them like this record. And I don't know, like I said, the reception's been good. I'm really happy with like just being able to communicate with people who I respect and they respect me and i don't know if there's a better thing in the world than sharing songs and passing that around absolutely uh as far as like collaborating i don't know you know there's times where like bart from mom jeans he'll be working on some music or something and i'm in the room or i'm at just friends practice and they're doing their thing i write songs all the time uh just on garage band and my phone and acoustic guitar and so i'm and and people are always around. Uh, my good friend Matt Yanko, <laughs> who who plays guitar in Just Friends. I feel he he's living with me right now. He lives on our couch, which we love that. Yeah. Um. And so I'm in my house on my couch <laughs> playing guitar, and he's there. Um. And so he he's heard every song I've written in the last like I don't know years now. So it's it's really nice. I don't think there's a better a better life honestly yeah so. <laughs> i love that uh and you've been mentioning kind of your art in and out spring of my life uh it's the first single off a new album 
I was noticing on your Instagram that you posted a sort of self-portrait recently with the same inscription. And so we did talk about its importance a little bit there, but does that mean anything more to you? I've been uh, just thinking about art as like, a, especially the the drawing, like graphic design type stuff. I really like it as just like a journaling mechanism and, and the self-portrait stuff. Like I don't do very much like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I have in the past like in college i did like these charcoal self-portraits and i painted self-portraits but i'm definitely more the guy who draws like a cartoony thing and and some cutesy fun little little drawing that's like and i love poetry and words Mm. so i feel like that all goes together um yeah i don't know the other day i just wanted to like Okay, and I can tie it all together. Like <laughs> with music and lyrics, I'm trying to like make moments like more concrete or like make them more real and more memorable and have them forever, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so with with art and chronicling and, and the journaling aspect of art, I think that is like making moments concrete also in a, in a faster way than a song. So I think... I'm like pretty willing to just draw something quickly and that can be like my meditation and like my memory for the day is like I made this this little piece of art. Um, and meanwhile, a song to me feels like a bigger expression of that mm. where we spend months and months putting together something that hopefully will be with us forever <laughs> and helps us to remember good times or bad times and and lessons and and all that stuff. So Yeah. And that's funny because I think my next question was probably going to be something along the lines of what do you see to be the relationship between your music and your art? And you kind of already answered that. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, your inspiration for what you create visually, it just kind of comes from just reflection on like a day, for example? Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So like, I feel like Instagram is like this... uh, place for me to make something like that like yeah i think if i was to sit down and make like art like paint or or even do like a graphic design project that i'm just making art for art's sake it's a bit different than what i try to have on instagram i feel like i'm fit like i'm making something that fits that that mold of mm-hmm. what it is so I feel like Instagram is for people a chronicling of events and daily whatever, like a channel you can tune into daily. Yeah. And so for that purpose, I do kind of like sit down and I think like, what am I feeling today? What is everybody kind of feeling today? What can like bring us together or like make us laugh or make us think? And so I hope to do that. Sometimes I just draw something and it's not that good (laughs) but what i like about instagram and maybe the daily vibe is that you can just try again tomorrow and it's not the end of the world if like not everyone loves something that you made yeah so does that answer oh absolutely yeah (laughs) and it's meditative for me to to sit and and think about all these things you know yeah this is a terrible transition but i wanted to talk about touring too (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember seeing an article right when you guys were putting out your first album uh, that you said you said you had kind of burnt yourselves out on touring for Alaska that there was just it was nonstop and um, that's partly why you guys kind of took the hiatus if I understand that correctly and so I feel like that's what I was trying to get out with when I was talking about the Europe thing is okay. we were very broke and 
and in Europe and having a really good time. But we had already kind of been like, this is not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, we all had, I think we all were dating people long term. <laughs> it's rough for many reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard life. You know, not, <laughs> not that hard. As dramatic as I just made it sound, but it feels like that sometimes. Yeah, sure. It's a hard life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, okay. At, at the time of this recording, you guys are heading out on the road soon with just friends. Uh, and yep. I think yeah, your stint with them will be over by the time this comes out. But being a pretty seasoned touring entity by now, how has your approach to touring changed over the years? Yeah, well, so the the band, yeah, I can't, I don't know if I can speak for the whole band, mm. but I haven't stopped touring really since I started. COVID was the first time in my life in like 10 years probably that I'd even been home for, I think three months or something, wow. one month in a row. So I had really just been, been hitting it a little too hard uh, and then it was nice to take a break the way that I approach touring now is I really have no expectation I try not to think too much about it I try to have like a daily practice like drawing is like a good daily practice to keep you like sane I think mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I also tour manage so sometimes I'm out on the road and I'm not playing right just the person who's in charge mm -hmm. and that's a little bit of a different mindset but i think it it is a bit the same like let's wake up every day and have a plan and you know be ready to adjust to the day's needs and it's rigorous uh, in some ways but it's like second nature i think for me at this point cody who plays in king of heck he plays guitar um, he's also the photographer for some of these bands, so he he's toured with Mom Jeans. So I feel like he has a way on tour that he's used to living and dealing. I think a lot of it is just being used to it, you know. Yeah. Um, Nick, who plays drums, he played drums in a on a tour with Save Face and Just Friends, like before COVID. And so I mean, he's he's toured a lot too. And and that's what yeah, what you said. We're seasoned touring entity. <laughs> I think we all just know how to not bug each other. Um, each each project and each band is a whole different vibe. So I think it'll be interesting to see how how it goes pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that brings me to my next point. Will there be any more touring this year? Um, yeah. Well, so we have this Just Friends tour that's over now, I guess. <laughs> well, how was um, it? Was it really good? Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> awesome. I can't believe we sold out all those shows. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a tour with uh, Covet uh, and Hikes and that's in May. And that's really awesome. I think we start in Montreal. I love Montreal. Mm. One of my favorite cities in the yeah. world. And then Covet. Yvette, one of my best friends from this music stuff. Hikes, I love hikes. King of Heck has toured with them a bunch. I've known them forever. I drink out of my Chris Long mug every <laughs> day, <laughs> multiple times a day. He's an awesome ceramicist. And yeah, that tour is going to be really cool. And then after that, like I'm hoping a little thing in the summer with some someone, I don't know, just go around, play some shows. Then I don't know, maybe there's a King of Heck something. But it's it's hard. Like we're yeah. mostly me and Cody are really busy with all all the other projects that we're a part of. 
Well, it's it's got to be just incredible to go out on tour with like longtime friends of yours as opposed to just like some group you just met. I mean, that's this is what's crazy. It's like I have hella friends and I've known them forever and we all just do the same shit every year <laughs> all the time. And it's it's really, really cool. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if there's a better way to live, but yeah, it's it's wild. Lucky and happy to be a part of it all. Honestly. Definitely. Well, just being conscious of time here, I think I'll, I'll probably ask one more question. Uh, what do you want people to know going into the release of this album? I think I, I don't want people to know really anything. <laughs> I honestly, I think it would be really cool if people listen to this record with no no knowledge of anything at all. <laughs> like they had no clue what was happening. I think that it's it's such interesting music and I'm so proud of it that it stands on its own in like a really cool way and there's something there for everybody and it requires no barrier of entry. It is mm. music for people to listen to and like. So well, I will I say that, that was exactly music. my experience with it and I will say that was a a great way to approach it. So music for people to like. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. Can I just, I would just add this. Absolutely. For me, that is like what makes the record great is like you have these, these songs and these parts and these melodies and lyrics, art, whatever, everything that people can connect with and they immediately enjoy it off of like a superficial or like face value level. But then maybe it's like, okay, now that we have you here for the King of Heck album, here's some of the weirder stuff like we want to do so it's like that's where where i'm really proud of this record is we reel people in i think and then we show them some cool stuff (laughs) that we got going on awesome yeah so we'll consider this kind of a reeling in of sorts so is that kind of approach something that you know let's say you like hear a new band or a new song or something like that and you want to hear more do you try not to like do any research beforehand you just go ahead and listen to stuff is that a practice that you try to adopt for other artists as well uh yeah my approach for like listening to some new bands lately i kind of wait until i've heard about a band like a few times from a few people or places Mm. Uh, a couple weeks ago i was listening to a lot of new stuff yeah, nothing I really wanted name drop, but just stuff that was really cool and interesting. And, and I thought was like, yeah, I don't know. There's just like a lot of new, interesting, cool music being made. I'm kind of weird about listening to music, I think, because mm. a lot of people that I know lately, we've just been having conversations about how we engage with listening to new music. And sometimes it feels like overkill, like there's so much new stuff. And it kind of takes away the power of music. Yeah. So a weird thing that I would say is that I spend a lot of time and invest a lot of uh, energy and power into like a song in my whole life. This is like what I feel like I've been doing is like making these things that are really important to me. So then sometimes I'm listening to a song just like in the background of whatever I'm doing. I don't know if I'm giving that song the same respect or time that I put into making the art, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I get a, I feel a little guilty sometimes when I just have something playing in the background. So lately I've been walking in, in silence and working in silence <laughs> um, or like NPR. I like listening yeah. to like video. I'm not a huge podcast head anymore. 
But yeah, all that's just to say, yeah, I probably engage with music kind of fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would just tie it up very, very much at the end that if I am listening to something, I'm trying to dedicate my attention and energy towards it. And then I do kind of try to pay attention like, all right, here they're doing this kind of standard thing. Now they've got me here. And then I kind of hope to find something a little bit deeper. And sometimes you find it and it's so awesome. Like, wow, this band just blew my mind or something, you know? Yeah. So I hope I'm not reading too far into into this, but do you take a similar approach with like favorite bands or songs of yours that you just heard a million times? Or is that maybe some music that you can allow to play in the background? Yeah, I mean, lately, I think it's almost even more dire <laughs> for things that I have liked for a long time. Yeah. Because, like, let's say your favorite song, you know, you love it so much. It, it is memories and it's moments and it's it means a lot to you. Yeah. And so then to just have it while you're while you're I don't know what do people do? I'm drawing, so it's like to have it on while I'm drawing is nice. But I don't know if I'm like cementing, like, I don't know if I'm making something more powerful. I feel like I'm taking power away from music by spreading it so thin. So like, let's say Buddy Holly by Weezer, right? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite songs. I want to listen to that at like the moment that is going to be memorable for me. Yeah. You know, like I was walking home the other day after like a really great day. And I think that's the first time I've like, I didn't even have headphones. I just like was listening to music from the speaker (laughs) on my phone um, because I recognized like this would be a good moment for music Mm. (laughs) versus, yeah, it's hard. It all ties into everything. Like the, the capitalistic element of how people consume music. Yeah. Yeah. when it really is like one of the most important things that we have. That's honestly one of the reasons why I love talking about it. Mm -hmm. I think you hit it really well. I don't know if everyone on the podcast can tell, but I love to talk (laughs) about music. All right, well, cool. I mean, so last question here. What do you think is next for the band? How do you see the future of King of Heck? That's, uh, That's kind of tough. I don't know. Like, we live in different places, so when we make music... Either I'm in Vegas with Cody for a week or two, or Nick and Tyler have come up to the Bay. We're kind of at the point where we have like cool rehearsal spaces and and a lot of equipment in these areas. And so I think that we're kind of like set up in a good way to make quite a bit more music. The touring thing is, is a little more complicated, just costs a lot of money to get out on the road. And, uh, yeah, it's not always the easiest stuff to figure out, but I can see a world where, you know, we we do this record, we play it as much as we can around the country, and then I feel like we're at least going to write another record that I have a bunch of ideas for. Awesome. Almost like almost a whole a whole record of ideas wow. for sure. And so yeah, I kind of want to get working on that and figure out a way that we can make it feel important and cool. For, for me, at the part of my life right now, it's really about making music. So the, everything else is is, uh, is like a cherry on top, I guess. And like sometimes a, a bad cherry. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes I don't want all the other stuff that comes with being yeah. in a band. I really just want to make some music that I'm proud of. Right. That's the future I see is we make music with our friends. <laughs> I can't think of a better future, honestly. So. <laughs> 
King of Hacks' new album, King-O, will be out June 3rd via Counterintuitive Records, which seems far away, but their lead single, Spring of My Life, is coming April 8th with more to follow. I'm really excited for this new stuff. So, Joel, thank you. This was really fun. Yeah, thank you so much. 